Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to The Biggest Problem in the Universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe, from misdemeanors to chafed wieners. <laughs> With over 4 million downloads, this is the only show where you decide what should or shouldn't be on the big list of problems. I'm Maddox. With me is Asterios and Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. Welcome back, and welcome, Asterios. Dick couldn't make it this week. Welcome to the show. Yeah, look, look. I got, I got big shoes to fill. He actually left his gigantic fucking shoes here. His shitty I'm, toms. I'm trying. He's not like the, these are some very nice shoes. But um, this worked out super duper well because I was coming in town for the week anyway to get as drunk as possible with my friends. And how's it been going? Uh, I have two giant glasses of whiskey in front of me, and I'm going to see how deep in the bag I can get over this episode. And look, you know what? I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide just how slurred my speech gets. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But this worked out well. Dick couldn't make it. I'm here. You got free booze. Let's get this going. Yeah, I'm glad you caught to the two full glasses of alcohol in front of you. Because I would have totally busted you on that, buddy. Yeah, and we're There's not- nothing to bust. You yeah. can't bust someone who's super proud of what they're doing. Good. Oh, my Lord. Fair this enough. room is not spinning enough. <laughs> okay, That's what no. I want. I want I want my life to be a centrifuge by the end of this episode. And God damn it, Maddox, you get me there. You better keep it down. You too, Sean. No more, no, no poop barf shenanigans. <laughs> poop barf shenanigans. What? A couple episodes I ago. I missed something, clearly. Sean, Sean dry heaved because I was describing a story where I wiped my ass with a bunch of autumn leaves. How did I miss this? Mm-hmm. I listened to every freaking episode. What? Why were you wiping your ass with autumn leaves? My mom locked me out of the house. All right. <laughs> Great parents. Um, so, last week, the problem with the most votes is zombie apocalypse planners, yep. and followed by Halloween not being recognized as a national holiday. That was our guest Roger Barr's problem. Mm-hmm. Followed by zombies and then dead last, Dick's haunts problem, which nobody thought was a problem. In fact, they thought it was a solution. What? Haunts. Haunts are, because haunts are a fun thing to do. A fun mm. place to go, a fun thing to do. All the haunts I heard on that episode sounded fucking terrible. Yeah. Spending $70 and then with a chick, $140 to go out on a boat and not be scared and have to buy more liquor. It sounds it sounds like rough seas, buddy. Oh, yeah, it was rough seas. That was horseshit. I was on that thing, Oh, right? well, then you should know. No, it was awful. Okay. Uh, but I, I was on that thing, and I thought it was a good thing that it didn't go out to sea. There was this haunted ship. And they advertised that it went out to sea. It didn't really. It just went out into the harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it did go out to sea, I would have been stuck on that shitty boat longer. I did go to a haunt, though, over the weekend. Tell me about it. It was a haunted hayride. Okay. And it was not haunted at all. Okay. It was just, you know, uh-huh. um, there might be something to this libertarian thing with regulations <laughs> and all that shit. Because <laughs> those fuckers were so meek. They're so afraid to hurt you. Because there, there was this lady over the weekend mm-hmm. who who was on a haunted hayride, and mm-hmm. one of the workers accidentally bumped into her with a metal bat and, like, kind of, you know, busted her lip a little bit. Yeah. So the the place comped her the tickets, and they and she, she, they gave her VIP tickets. Then she went to the hospital the next day, uh, you know, after she spent all night at this haunt with VIP tickets. Then the hospital ejected her. They said, you're fine. Yep. And then she went to the police, and then, the, and then she said, you know what? I'm not going to press charges. And then she went to the news— and then t- told the news. She made a big song and dance. And all under 
the guise of raising awareness. She says, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to press charges because it was really an accident. Everything's okay. But here you are talking to the news and also going to the police. Who walks into a police station and says, I'm not going to. Here's a crime that happened, but I'm not going to press charges. Thanks for wasting our time, lady. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. We're the police. We have nothing to do. So yeah. this is great. Great use of our fucking time. Yeah. yeah I. You know what? That goddamn attention-seeking bullshit everyone wants credit for every little good thing they do mm-hmm. you know yeah that's the sign of a bad person other sign of a bad person someone that says they're a good person oh i'm yeah. a good person i'm such a good person oh, i try so hard that's, that's a, a red flag per- that's yeah, a big that's red, red flag, flag. Mm-hmm. Hey, a red nazi flag you are uh, speaking of speaking of nazis and bad people i mm-hmm. got some voicemail listen to this one mm. hi i just have to say that my fiance listens to your podcast constantly while he's folding the laundry while he's doing the dishes while he's cleaning Good. and sometimes when he doesn't use his headphones i hear them and your voices are like nails on a fucking chalkboard they have to be two of the most annoying voices i've ever heard in my entire fucking life yeah just thought you should know that i don't know if she's ever heard her own voice but here we go your voices make me want to bang my fucking head into a wall yeah and well then, luckily Luckily for you, my voice is on the episode, my mellifluous voice. So instead of nails on a chalkboard, it'll be chalk on a chalkboard writing have sex with a stereo. Ah, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. You're welcome. All right. I got another another voicemail here. Hi, guys. I'm a chemist. The other day. I was looking at some slides under my microscope, and I discovered the smallest libertarian government I have ever seen in my life. I started doing some research, and a few days later, worth of equations and just tons of testing, my hypothesis was finally proven that Maddox has no idea what the fuck he is talking about. Mm, You don't. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Oh, okay, he's not here, so fuck you, okay? If he were here, he would say, fuck you, buddy. Look, I don't know if you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> I don't know if you're go. just trolling everybody. <laughs> That's yeah. what he would like you to believe. Uh, uh, you know what? I think that you started out uh-huh. real, yeah. and then when you realized that you didn't know what you were talking about, you were like, I've been trolling you the whole time. <laughs> it's like when people make a shitty horror movie, and halfway through, they're like, oh, it's campy. It's, it's supposed to be bad. It's yeah. like... Look, there are really valid reasons why libertarians are, like, the worst people in the world. You haven't outlined any of them. Okay, you know what? First, first, I have two things to say. First, okay. fuck, well, do fuck you. Do we have to do this again? <laughs> people, are, people are writing me, like, in drugs. You know I what? Know. I just, and, and I won't even fight back. I just want to put the marker down there. As an objective third party who has not been here for the past two weeks of this kind of argumentative fuck fest. Like, you're wrong on this one, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I right, get I'm it. Listening. I I'm get listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. Here's the thing. That episode was kind of a clusterfuck. Uh, I was fucking around at the start. You know what? Uh-huh. You know what? Uh, maybe the Homeowners Association argument wasn't the best tack to take to pin down libertarians. Okay. Asterios, let it go. That's as good as we're going to I was just thinking <laughs> I just thought the same thing. Like, you know, wow, that was almost okay. Yeah, eat shit, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, we almost had him. Whatever. Um, and let's see, I got, uh, I got one more. And then, well, actually, before we get to this, I, uh-huh. I should mention that. Uh, so I just, uh, I just finished mm. a new Sonic oh, yeah. 3D tutorial on Twitch, yeah. and it was well, today. I did, I did a Sonic uh, Turkey, a yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. 
Turkey, which I think is my is my masterpiece. Like you guys all shat on my my old Sonic the Hedgehog 3D. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see what you guys think of this one. Now, is this that thing that you were doing? I was I was literally at my day job today, and and I got a notification that you were on Twitch, and so I opened up Twitch, and I saw you like using digital clay to mold a spiked dick. No, it like was like a like a like a spiked phallus, like a like a dick that looked like it could really hurt somebody. Like was that this the thing that you were making? That was not. That was not. Okay, that was not a spiked dick. It was a beautifully rendered Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. It, a Thanksgiving cuz Thanksgiving is coming up. I oh, want to get people I'm, in the spirit. Yeah. Okay, well look, I look, I'm a huge fan of I'm a huge fan of Thanksgiving, but all I'm saying is if I saw that thing you drew walking like like a 50 feet high in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I would leave New York and never come back. It was a terrifying abomination you made today. That's hateful. That's hateful. That's bullshit. <laughs> You're just a hater. That was one of the best things I've ever made, I think, in 3D. I don't know. Everyone loved it. Everyone. I didn't get a single criticism when uh, I was making this. Uh, instead, okay, yes, you didn't get a single criticism. You got hundreds of criticisms. <laughs> you can't even make a regular Sonic the Hedgehog. So why do you think you can make a Sonic the Hedgehog slash turkey? <laughs> I, I made a Sonic the Hedgehog. A turkey, and it was a successful. It was Ooh. success. It was great. Everyone loved it. I, you know what, Asterius, I'm yeah. gonna put. I, I will put my reputation down on the line. Oh, so, okay, so you won't put that much down on the line. Okay, got <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck you. All right. Uh-huh. All right. I got. I got another voicemail. Hey, Maddox. I am still bamboozled by the fact that you didn't. Since you're such a gamer, you play video games all the time. That you failed to notice when, um, uh, Robert. The dude on the last podcast, the recent Roger. podcast, said the skeleton key gives you gives you access to new rooms. I I'm bamboozled that you didn't say, "Hey, that's a lot of, like DLC." Well, guess what? You missed your opportunity there, Sean. Please don't delete this. And Maddox, go fuck yourself to in go fuck yourself to oblivion. Christ. Uh, 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 go fuck yourself to what an idiot that's a minute of my life i'll never get back yeah oh my god why did you play that maddox uh, me and x uh about that thing that robert said last episode uh, first of all it's roger uh you're a gamer yeah. here's the thing shithead dlc dlc is completely different because you're buying content which by the way they're just they're just segregating content that they would have normally released with the game back yeah. in the day. Now they're just saying, okay, well, we're going to we're gonna portion this off and say it's downloadable content that you have yeah. to pay extra for. It's an additional revenue stream. No, it sucks. When we were kids, they would advertise games as has hundreds of hours of content. Yeah. Like I remember when I got Final Fantasy III, which I think was Final Fantasy VI in Japan. Yeah, it was. And they were just like, it's 150 hours of gameplay. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, this, that's. I, it's it that's absolutely incredible. And now they would take that that same hundred and fifty hours, sell you eighty of it, and then sell you the, <laughs> then sell you the other seventy of it, broken up into chapters over the next six months. And it's, it's such yeah, it's, a racket, dude. It's of such a it's fucking bullshit. racket. I, I you know what? I I swore off of EA games. Mm-hmm. I don't play any more EA games, Electronic Arts, Good. because I bought the the last uh, snowboarding game. What was it? SSX something or other. Mm-hmm. It took like an hour and a half to start the fucking game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Swear to God, with the installations, the updates, the I had to sign three terms of service agreements just to play this fucking game. And just then, to fake snowboard on yeah. some fake snow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they're shitty. You had to go to EA Origin and get yeah. all your always on connection. Oh, nah, nah, nah. And then and then uh, to to get the full pack. So so if you buy the game, mm-hmm. you have to enter this code that's on the package. It's like a sixteen digit code, <laughs> and that's just so it unlocks one of the levels that you paid for in the game. And the reason they do that, you can only use that code once because if you resell the game as a used game, yep. they want people to not have all the content because yep. they're trying to get some of that used sale market. That's what they're um, doing. It's no, such a fucking shady business, man. No, no, it no, it is it is like there is sort of nothing worse than these giant video game companies trying to fuck people over. And look, I know that nothing worse. I know that there are people <laughs> Okay, it goes giant video games trying to fuck people over, Sophie's choice. Sophie's choice. And the Holocaust that led to Sophie to make that choice. That's my number, those are my top three problems. In that order, yeah. In that order. It's just like, you know, look, you gamer, you fucking Gamergate kids can bitch all you want about like some lady that may or may not have had more sex than you've ever had in your life to may or may not get a review that blah, blah, blah. But it's like, why don't you fucking go after EA for causing, for like having this always on stupid bullshit? There are soldiers fighting for our freedom in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they can't use their Xboxes, and they can't use their PlayStations because they have these games that require some sort of bullshit always-on connection. Like, you need an always-on connection to play SimCity 4. Oh, yeah, there's this ri- all this rich content out there on the internet. Oh, my computer could never hold all these fucking fake buildings and monster attack. Oh, it's just all this crap. All right, Mysterios. Yes, sir. Let's get to a problem. Let's get to a real problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, by real let's the, get first to a, the first problem, which is probably not going to be a real problem. Oh wait, and before we do, yes, sir. Uh, okay. last week you guys you guys bamboozled me into saying uh, b- zombies and zombie apocalypse. Yeah, clatters. that was our fault. You, yes. <laughs> you fucked. Yeah. Me. Here's why I didn't even want zombies on the list because zombies aren't real and they're not a problem. Yeah, unlike. Unlike zombie, zombie apocalypse, apocalypse planners. Which, which actually, po- actually, you're right. By you're the right. way, I, I didn't even get, I forgot to mention this in that episode, but the zombie apocalypse planners, like, this shit is getting so out of hand. People yeah. are dying at parties because <gasps> someone will get too drunk and they'll think a zombie, someone dresses <laughs> zombies. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. It happened in Oregon at a party. It happened in, uh, I believe, in Austin at oh a party. Oh my God, are yeah. you serious? Yeah, people are thinking these zombies are real and they pick up a shotgun and, uh, and blast them. They blast their friends. They kill people <sighs> at parties. It's fucking insane. These zombie apocalypse planners. That's but- Repercussion. You know what? I'll say on the flip side, first prize costumes. Because if those costumes weren't good, <laughs> you know, when you get that spray of pellets in your chest, yeah. that's like saying, well done. <laughs> that's the maybe one of the best affirmations you can get. Because the thing is, like, we all want to be spooktacular. Everyone wants to be spooktacular. Okay, yeah, that's the gold standard for Halloween. That's some fucking spooky shit. Yeah. Good for those guys. <laughs> when I die, I want to die having scared the shit out of somebody. Yeah. I'll be on the ground, I'll go. Worth it. <laughs> bleeding uh, buckshot, bleeding from your buckshot wounds. Yeah, bleeding from my forty tiny wounds. Yeah, <laughs> Not my one big wound. That's oh my sh- god, that's a shit shot. That's yep. a shit way to go, man. Yeah, I know. No, all right, buddy. Let's right. Uh, let's do this. Let's, well, let's get to the first games. problem. Yeah. Right, let's get to the first problem. Uh, my first problem is cowardly perverts. Cowardly perverts. Okay. Cowardly perverts. What I mean, I consider myself a pervert. That's a, a good- not not cowardly. Yeah. Exactly. 
We're both perverts. Yeah. The three of us are perverts. Right. We like a pretty looking lady. I love Even it. if we're on a ladder and we're looking at her through a pair of spy glasses, we like a pretty looking lady, <laughs> That's right? That's what a pervert does. Exactly. We like to we like to bring a cell phone into a lady's bathroom, leave it recording for a few hours, pick it up later, and <laughs> okay, just creep. do what God's- <laughs> What? I'm sorry? Creep. You're a creep. You're a creep. Well, we're creeps. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. I'm a creep. You're a creep. Oh, sure. We're all creeps. All right. Anyway, cowardly perverts. <laughs> now, here's the thing. There's this new game out called Metal Gear Solid Five, and it has a character in it who runs around in a bikini top and ripped leggings. She murders people with a sniper rifle. Cool. And she never, ever talks to the point where her name is literally quiet. Oh. Now, this is every man's. Dream girl. Yeah, this sounds amazing. She, so, so, so let's let's let me let me sure. go th- over this checklist. Okay, she's super gorgeous. Yep, huge breasts. She's an assassin. Yep, mm-hmm. this is like already my dream girl. She's Asian. You can t- Asian. Oh my god. Plus okay. five. Plus five. There you go. And then and then what else? So so she all these things talk. already. And then she doesn't talk on nope. top of that. She doesn't. That's talk. like here you won the lottery and also. Uh, you're dating the hottest girl in the world. Exactly. And she's not dating you because you won the lottery. She's dating you for your personality. Oh, my god! That's a big win. That's just never happened. I can't even imagine what that's like. So now, this character <laughs> sounds great, but here's the reason why she's naked all the time. Here's yeah. the reason why she can only wear a bikini top. She can only, And this is going to be a spoiler for Metal Gear Solid Five, kids. She can only wear a bikini top because clothes poison her what (laughs) clothes poison her there's a moment in the game where someone puts clothes on her and she starts to suffocate because she breathes through her skin also she can't talk because if she talks a virus will kill her (laughs) <laughs> I'm absolutely not kidding If she talks a virus will kill her And this is what I mean by Cowardly perverts This is the most contrived yes! way I have ever heard To get a woman naked And, and not also talking. not talking Yeah It's <laughs> like it's like someone bending over backwards Bending over further backwards So that they can justify Their perv choice Yeah, It's like look if you want to put a hot chick in a video game running around in the bikini top, just do it. Just own it. I'm a perv. I like to jerk off to video game characters. Just own it. Be a man about it or a woman about it. Be a person about it. Don't be a fucking coward about it. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're going to be a perv, own it. Don't be like, oh, uh, actually, uh, there's a very good plot-motivated reason for this bikini-clad lady <laughs> to uh, run around and not talk. You see, she's been given a nanovirus, and uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that her, her skin is, her derma layer is how she breathes oxygen. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you for being such a goddamn coward about this. Just say, yeah, you know what? I put a hot lady in my game because I like to jerk off. Hi, I'm hi, hi, Dio Kojima, the guy that created the Metal Gear series. Oh, well, yeah, you know what, Asterius? Okay, look, the uh, the perviness thing I get. They're mm-hmm. just being pervy, and they're trying to justify it somehow yep. in the plot. That's yep. super contrived. But Konami mm-hmm. is a shit show right now. Mm-hmm. Real shit show. Tell me about it. I don't know about this. Well, it's awful. They okay. basically closed their doors forever. Oh, God, uh, really? Konami's done. I- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, buddy. So I was in Vegas for a month, about a month ago. 
And I was uh, shooting this game show, and every now and then I'd pop into a casino and just check out, you know, peruse the, the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's awful and as depressing as I remember. But I was walking along, and I saw these these something I never thought I would see on a slot machine, and it is the Contra logo. What? And you're th- it's exactly the Contra you're thinking about, the old Nintendo Contra. Spread gun. Spread gun. Uh, machine gun, flamethrower, laser. Konami code. The Konami code. It's all there, and it's on a fucking slot machine. Oh, Konami God. has tur- has closed its doors for- to video games and moved completely to uh, mobile and slot machines. That's all they're doing anymore. Oh, God. And I think it's just a big cash grab because they, they realize they have all this IP that they can piss away yeah. uh, making slot machines. There's a Silent Hill slot machine coming out. Mm-hmm. I played the stupid Contra one. Yeah, I won seven bucks, but fuck it. It's not worth it. I, uh, right to see to see the property that you loved as a kid turned into like this thing that rips off old people. Oh man, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's not worth it. It's so sad. It's yeah. so sad. So I think that the that uh, quiet not talking it's contrived for sure, but it's more to do <laughs> it's more to do with Konami being cheapskates than anything else. They're yeah. trying to save a buck. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. I think that's, that's one what less is. voice actress we yep. need to hire. Way to go. One less voice actress. So fewer royalties they have to pay out. That's they don't true. have to worry about casting and all that shit and, and craft services when they have voice actors come in for their, you know, couple hours of work that they yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. For, for their whole thing. Yeah, the Kiefer Sutherland's, uh, whatever, like whatever dick they could keep for Sutherland in the room. I'll tell you, the saddest thing I ever saw at a casino was someone was playing an Ellen slot machine. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, look, you pull the lever, and if you get the if you get the right thing, she dances around and blah blah blah. Ellen loves to dance. Anyway, I saw someone screaming at an Ellen slot machine. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you fucking me like this? To an Ellen slot machine, and I was just like, I think I have to leave this casino immediately. Oh man, yeah. it's so it's depressing. Super sad. All I the, know all the slot machines. Good. There's a Ghostbusters fucking slot machine yep. now, man. Look, on top of the Ghostbusters franchise already gone to shit because they've decided to make gender a gimmick in their fucking movie. Wait you know what? a minute. Yeah, I actually, I'm not kidding. I know the woman who's writing Ghostbusters too. too. I know her. I, yeah, I saw her today at a coffee shop. Yeah. She looks really hot. She is. And, she um, is. And, and she's look, delightful. No, she, she's super cool. She's a wonderful woman. Oh, look, I think I think Ghostbusters 3 could be good because I think Paul Feig is a good director. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, the Ghostbusters need to be men. Like, fucking gender swap everything. Who gives a shit? I'll Let's tell you. Let's give it a chance. Ghost, right. you know, You know what was bad? Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 was bad. It was. It Ghostbusters... If Ghostbusters 3 is worse than Ghostbusters 2, I will be super duper surprised. Let him fucking give it a shot. Who gives a shit? Let the lady Ghostbusters run around and bust ghosts. Who cares? What the, there's, there hasn't been a Ghostbusters movie in 20 years. Just gotta give him a fucking chance. Huh. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought about that. It's serious. Oh, really, really good. Here point. comes, here comes Maddox's <laughs> bullshit bridging <laughs> statement before he plays a no. sound drop. No, that was, that was really thoughtful. I, I, I actually hadn't thought about that. Maybe you've changed my mind i think you may have changed my mind well thank you uh, do you I, have something called a stereos versus a stereos ready to go what the fuck are you up to maddox no, no, and can i have more of your whiskey please <laughs> thank you so much help yourself but i was just wondering you know um that's a really thoughtful thoughtful uh, argument i hadn't considered uh i was wondering if you could do me a favor and uh, bend over so i can put this 
rhetorical <laughs> torpedo right up your ass, buddy. Bend over and pucker up, because here it comes, all right? In the original Ghostbusters, okay. the gimmick was that they're exterminators, right? right they're firemen. They're, they're, no, they're exterminators, they're, they're ex- except the pests they're exterminating are ghosts. Oh, wow. In the original Ooh. Ghostbusters, the 400-page oh. script oh. that Dan Aykroyd wrote, he specifically was saying, I want them to be like firemen. But for ghosts. Yeah. Which is okay. why they're in a firehouse. Fine. You okay. know what? That's the gimmick. Okay. They're firemen. They're- also, in the original script of Ghostbusters, the third act involves them going to hell and fighting the devil. Awesome. Uh, Dan Aykroyd apparently wrote the original, I'm not kidding, 400 page script of Ghostbusters while on every drug the 80s had to offer. But yeah. I apologize. Please yeah, continue. You know Maddox. what? They edit. That's what editing That's is what editing, for. That's what Harold Ramis is for. They fixed it. It was a great movie. Incredible it's, movie. I would say like a 99% perfect movie. There's like what nothing. What would you change about Go? Oh, you would make the ghost blowjob longer? Okay, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's the original Ghostbusters. Cool movie, cool gimmick. Yeah. But but Paul Feig, is it Feig or Feig? Feig? Uh, either one. We They know who we're talking Feig, about. Feig, 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 whatever. Uh, that guy, he came out, he had the audacity to come out and just blatantly say, um, I thought it would be interesting to have everybody a woman. Everybody in the cast. So he's in t- his, his, he set out... As gender as his gimmick, he so so everything else is secondary in this movie. And I've seen this like cast picture of the Ghostbusters. It's all women. Oh yay, women, women, women. But you know what? I feel like if I was a woman, I would feel insulted to be working on the set because if I wanna, if I'm gonna get hired for a job, I want to know that I was hired because I'm the best and most qualified person, and I beat out other people who are equally as qualified. But he can, he set out to make a movie with women, and that's his gimmick. Yeah, you know what? It is interesting that four ghost that there are four women Ghostbusters. Why, that is, that actually, in, why is that interesting? Well, uh, let me let me back up and say that if I were a woman, if I were a female comedian who wanted to act in a movie, I think the last thing I would do is be like, I'm not going to take this role. It's insulting. Like, I definitely won't audition for the all female Ghostbusters. Boo earned this this sort of. <laughs> Oh, what's the word? Uh, this uh, this sort of affirmative action will not stand. Take your money and give it to a white man, thanks. But the second thing I'll say is, look, if you're watching four male Ghostbusters out there, if you're watching, I don't know, let's say Seth, let's say Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, what's his fucking name with the fucked up brother, uh, James Franco, and uh, James Franco's fucked up brother. All right, let's say those four are the Ghostbusters. You're going to be looking at them the whole time. You're going to be thinking like, yeah, these guys are not as good as my heroes. Yeah. And you're going to be looking at them the whole time. And you're gonna be, yeah, these guys aren't as good as the people who I literally owned the toys of. Right. The The real Ghostbusters cartoon was run by J. Michael Straczynski, uh, an Oscar Award nominated screenwriter who created Babylon 5. J. Michael Straczynski is like one of the greatest sci-fi writers of our time. And that's the guy they put in charge of the cartoon. Almost all the Ghostbusters canon, except for Ghostbusters 2, is this kind of, like, brilliant thing. And you're going to be watching them the whole time. You're going to be like, yeah, that guy's not as fuck. That guy's not fucking as funny as Peter Venkman. That guy's not as funny as Ray Stance. That guy's no That guy's no Egon Spangler. You can put all the glasses you want on him. That girl's not as hot as Janine. That's the problem with casting male Ghostbusters. But with female Ghostbusters, you they have the, they have the opportunity to 
fail or succeed on the strength of the script and the direction and the acting. Oh. Uh, mm. that, look, that's just how I feel. I'm interesting. Like the, yeah. the interesting casting, though, is Melissa McCarthy as Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you don't Sean. talk often, but when you do, it's always gold. Good job, Sean. Uh, you know, Asterius, that's a, that's, that's a really good point. I really appreciate your argument. That that actually may have changed my mind. I think that was Oh, great. Well, then let's really move on. <laughs> Moving on to more pervert. You know what, dickhead? Here's the thing. Okay. They already did this, Asterios. What? They already... You know what? Let's uh, let's make a Ghostbusters cartoon. Who cares? Are you talking Who cares about Ghostbusters Extreme? Yes, I am. Where they had a goddamn <laughs> Ghostbuster in a wheelchair? That's the one! James Wazinski didn't run Ghostbusters Extreme! He was vicious! Running Babylon 5! Oh. If well, you well, like Sense8, well. get well. Jam and Maddox! <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's make one of them a Latino, and let's make one of them a woman with purple hair. She's a gamer. Let's make one of them in a wheelchair. Ah, fuck it. Let's make one of them half ghost and half human. Oh, who gives a shit? Let's include everyone. Let's make one of them a fucking hamster. Let's make one of them a mute. Let's make one of them a, a blind. <laughs> yeah. One of them doesn't have arms. Uh, let's make someone who, an illegal oh, immigrant. God. That we have representation in our media. I'm so sorry it's not the 90s where everything is four white and straight men running around solving everyone's problems. Yeah, okay, the 90s went overboard. I'll completely give you the fact that the planeteers, like, probably wouldn't be friends. Like, I totally, but like, look, we need some sort of representation in the media. Wait, wh- wh- why? First of all, first oh, two, two, two because, questions. Because our entertainment industry should reflect humanity. But as Stereos, it does. I, I looked at, like, they were complaining that only, like, 17% of the Oscar nominees were black, like, last time. I'm like, well, yeah, that's actually not representative because there's only 13% blacks in the population. So that's, like, right along lines of where it should be. <laughs> way, how to many, go, way to go, oh, man. No, way to put those blacks in their place. No, but how many? Way, I mean, here's that's the, thing. the hill no, you're gonna no, die no, no, on. No. That's the hill you you're gonna die on. You know what, fuckface? Here's the thing i'm tired of okay because all these uh, it's always women bitching the loudest and it's straight white women i'm tired of hearing straight you know white what? males women are allowed white to women. bitch about shit oh, because when bitching. women bitch about shit oh, they get my fired God. here's no, what women don't. have to do no, they, they have don't. to shut up and eat their feelings and that's where kathy comes from yeah okay. look man i wouldn't know about kathy but here's the thing it's always straight white women who are bitching about oh we don't we don't we're not winning we're not winning enough Oscars we don't have enough jobs how how many times are they complaining that not enough Korean representation or not enough Chinese representation or how about Inuits or how about Indonesians how about Vietnamese how about all these fucking people how about how about one out of every six people in the world or actually two out of every out of every uh, seven people in the world are either Chinese or Indian how many of them do we have represented in the in the Oscars yet the women are all they're not they're not fighting their battles. They're like, me, me, me. It's always their battle. Look, if we want to talk about representation, shouldn't we first talk about the people who are almost never represented? How many male Asian actors, uh, leads, are there in Hollywood? You're going to blame women for that? No. I mean, here's the here's the thing. Like, you can't... I would... You know what? Actually, let me jump back for yeah. a second. I just want to say that this thing you've created is beautiful. <laughs> it's It's this gorgeous thing. He's got this great hat. He's got these funny arms. What are you talking about? This 
straw man you created. Yeah, yeah, dude, fuck you. It's fantastic. <laughs> I just have to say, the fact that you are saying that, like, that's what that's what everybody wants. Not you. Everybody. <laughs> everybody wants the disenfranchised fighting amongst themselves for whatever scraps are given to them by old white corporate men. Like, yeah, okay, you know, every time someone puts out the gender gap statistic that says uh, women get paid 78% of what men paid, uh, what men get paid, and uh, whether or not you agree with that statistic is sort of immaterial to what I'm about to say, someone will then say that Latino women get paid even less and African-American women get paid even less. And, you know, the LGBT community may may get paid even less. And it's like, yeah, we can slice and dice this shit but while all the minorities are fighting, all the old white rich men are fucking living up on their yachts. Like, that's what they want. Like, you and me are on the same team, Maddox. We don't like all this corporate bullshit. Right. Like, so when women fight amongst them, it's like we shouldn't be trying to pit minorities against each other is all I'm saying. They're not Because minorities. there's a bigger problem. They're the majority of the population. <laughs> women are literally the majority of the population and you keep saying straight white man like the original ghostbusters one of them was black i mean that's uh that's 25 yeah. percent that's high, statistically oh, oh, higher yeah. oh you mean that guy that was introduced like in the middle of the third act so they can explain know, how the ecto containment system works yeah they originally wanted eddie murphy they couldn't get him um so mm-hmm. so here's here's the thing though right. uh the, the, like with the wage gap thing i think it's so disingenuous because they mm-hmm. keep saying that men make 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 a 22 percent more on average but they're only looking at men and aggregate did you know that that asian men make i know all this asian (laughs) asian men make more than all other men why are they comparing them to asian men you have no idea how much i know about the i know so much about the wage gap but listen the wage gap is indicative i think of a larger problem which is that in our society women have it harder And and listen and listen whether or not look whether or not women make 78 percent of what a man makes that, look, that's going to be up for debate for the rest of our lives. No, I it's just, not. It's not. It's not debatable. It's on PolitiFact.org. I'm, it's so, done. Listen, I'm, listen, and I've read that PolitiFact article. Yeah. I'm saying, when I say it's going to be up for debate, I guess what I mean to say is people will be debating it. Because, look, there's political capital to be made by the debate. That, you know, you can go out and raise money on one end of it or raise money on the other end of it. People are going to be using it as a crutch or whatever. But listen, the thing is, um, do you disagree that, like, generally speaking... Women have it harder in society than men. In uh, in certain aspects, for sure. Yeah, like women, like men don't have to worry about looking over their shoulder when they're walking to their. Yeah, room. men don't have to worry about uh, uh, constantly getting date raped. Yeah, men don't have to worry about if we got date raped, that would be much. the best date ever. Hello, <laughs> I didn't even have to pay for it. Thanks. Um, there's, there's, there's a number of, there's a number of things that men just don't have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but and I'm, and look, right. look, I'm not saying, this isn't one of those things to say like, oh, men are monsters and women are saints. I mean, look, obviously we're all human beings, but I just think that like the wage gap statistic speaks to a larger rage and injustice. Women do have it a little bit harder than us. They uh, have to. Uh, oh, buddy. I agree with you like exactly. 90% yeah. of the way there. Yeah, we, 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 there is some common ground here. That's what I'm saying. But but here's the thing. I just I just saw this article come out in uh, Mike.com. Mike.com mm-hmm. is always talking about this. They're always saying uh, 
uh, hey, uh, wage gap this, wage gap that. They're, they're, they're talking about how Iceland is now considered the most feminist country on earth mm-hmm. because they just passed legislature that allowed women to walk around topless. Great. I'm all for that. You're I mean, allowed to do that in New not- York, by the way. Oh, what's that? You're allowed to do that in New York City. Yeah, you're allowed to do that in New York, and you should be because and there shouldn't be that double standard. No, there, there absolutely shouldn't be. And and listeners, I'd like you to Google the New York Topless Book Club, which is a group of women in New York who go to Central Park, take their tops off, and read books. It's a wonderful society. I've seen it. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. So Iceland, the most feminist country on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. They, so they're touting all their great statistics. They It's like one of the largest... Uh, female legislatures in the world. Uh, they have uh, the birth rate is on parity. One man, uh, one boy, one female to uh, to every male that is born. Like everything is parity right across the board. The one statistic they didn't talk about, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, is the wage gap. You know, <laughs> you know what it is in Iceland, the most feminist country on earth, where women are controlling legislature. Eighty percent. Oh. oh, that's interesting. Mm. Why the fuck is it eighty percent in the most feminist country where women are dominating, <laughs> where women are ruling? Because it's fucking not true. They're not looking at equal jobs. They're not looking at equal pay rates. They're not. Uh, excuse me. They're not looking at equal experience. They're not looking at equal time spent. They're not looking at tenure. They're not looking at experience. They're not looking at education. They're not looking at the same metrics. They're just taking averages. It's fucking stupid. That's all it is. Iceland. If Iceland, the most feminist country, has uh, the same wage gap as America, then it's fucking not true, dude. It's just not. Look, buddy, the thing is, it's just, again, I'll say that I believe the wage gap outrage speaks to a larger injustice. I think if... Again, with that injustice word, right? Injustice yeah. implies that there is some wrong being committed. Women have higher job satisfactions than men across the board. I, where is the injustice? If women are complaining about it, like I, I don't have female friends who are like, oh man, I really hate my job because I don't get paid enough. I just don't hear it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not debating the wage gap statistics. Like, but what I'm saying is, when you're a woman in the workplace, if you act like confident, you're called bossy, and if you act proud, you're called bitchy, and if you tell people what to do. You're called the C word. Whereas like if you're a guy and look, this is just my experience. This is just you could say this is a generalization. And that's fine. But like I just feel like specifically in the workplace, women have it harder because they have to do this thing where they got to be like everybody's mom or everybody's big sister, or everybody's friend. And but they also have to get the bottom line. But this but that like I feel like men have more of a more agency because if a guy is running around telling people what to do. He's an authority. He's in control. He's commanding. He's brilliant. And if a girl's doing that, she's crazy. You know, t- one uh, something that Tina Fey said was like, was uh, Tina Fey said that like when they call a woman difficult, it just means that no one wants to fuck her anymore. And I was like, that's brilliant, Tina Fey. That's exactly right. Because it's like, what you know, when you think about, uh, for example, female directors, you know, like uh, Penelope Spheris, like um. Why is it that someone like Steven Spielberg gets to direct 40 movies over 40 years and there are all these fantastic female directors and they get to direct like one or two when they're done? And it's just, I don't know. I just feel like there's a larger sexism at play in a lot of the business world. And I feel like an easy way to express that rage is to complain about the wage gap.
Yeah, uh, I wish I wish it was more honest. I wish that were, there we was all another wish way. Things, well, yeah. But here's the, here's the thing. I mean, here's, come on. We all want things to be correct. Well, sure. But yeah. here's here's the here's the uh, the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you're talking to a guy who has hired men and women for the same project. Yeah, Leah. You've hired Leah a million billion times. And Leah, she's an incredible artist. We, we did a comic book together. Yeah. We split the proceeds. The same thing with all my uh, the other illustrators I've hired for my books and things. Like I, I pay the women the exact same as men. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I'm I'm an egalitarian. Yeah. I, I I absolutely believe in that. Uh, but yeah. we now live in a world where we have YouTube and we have the internet and we have our own means to create and put out whatever we want out there. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what this new world brings because if it's truly sexism that's ho- that's holding women back, that uh, that and, and some of it maybe I know I know for sure that there are sexist guys out there. Um, and uh, you know, and there's different degrees of sexism too. Uh, but I, I, if if that's if that's no longer the case, if we are no longer beholden to quote the rich straight white man to as the gatekeepers to let women into the club, well then this is a brave new era, a brave new world where we have women who who have nothing inhibiting them to create their own content. And I look forward to it. And one of my favorite YouTubers, mm-hmm. uh, probably. Probably my favorite YouTuber is Jenna Marbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna Mori. I don't know if you've, you've seen I, her stuff. I know Jenna. Of course I do. Yeah. She's, stu- fa- she's fucking famous. She's fantastic. She's on billboards and shit. Yeah. I, I, another thing I will say, though, there's a, there's, there's a stigma against women comedians. And I will say. Yeah, that's the thing. It sucks. I, it's it hard, sucks. It's harder for women than it is for men. You know what, though? I, 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 I don't. Look, I don't. It's, look, it's not fun to talk about that shit. Like, like. Uh, I would so much rather get pissed off at women and complain about them for being bitches and complain about them for not wanting to date me and complain about them for finding me fat for some reason. But it's like, you know, but it's just like, look, generally speaking, women have it harder than men. And if women are complaining about shit, yeah, it's really easy to hear them go like, but it's like, ugh. Uh, sometimes they have a point. So all I'm I saying is sometimes they have a point. But but listen, I think YouTube is the perfect example. I was just using your bathroom earlier tonight to pee out some of the whiskey I've been drinking. And you have a you have an award above your toilet that, that says That was the like, closet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exit stage left. And uh, Maddox has an award in his bathroom above the toilet <laughs> that says, Congratulations, 100,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah. It's like a silver YouTube logo yeah. and it's adorable. And it's like, I think YouTube is a perfect example because there are all these incredibly funny, talented, kind of hot like you two women out there and they're doing it they're fucking doing it they got millions and millions of followers and they're making content and people are responding to it so it's i mean isn't that the perfect example of when you give the means of production to the artists other artists rise you know artists that may that maybe you don't expect to rise um i i hope so but i also don't care uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I care about, all I care about personally is making a little bit of dough ring me. That's all I care about personally. You know, speaking of making some dough, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Asterios, have you ever used Harry's razors? Yeah, you bought me, the, you, you, may not, <laughs> you may have forgotten this, but you bought me a kit for my birthday. Thanks, Maddox. You're welcome and happy birthday, buddy. Harry's- <laughs> <laughs> You're just buying 
getting so much shit for people that you- Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades are crafted for sharpness and precision. Did you know that? They're German-engineered blades. Look, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but they like the blade so much they bought the factory. They did. They're half the price of big-name drugstore brands, free shaping straight to your door. Harry's.com was started by two guys passionate about creating a better shaving experience, and I'm sure you're wondering how how exactly is that shaving experience happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Harry's bought that blade factory in Germany, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they By cutting out the middleman, they can offer an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. They ship the blades right to your door at factory direct prices. It's pretty amazing. Guys, the code is Biggest Problem. Just go to, you get $5 off your first purchase with the code Biggest Problem. And after using the code, you can get an entire month's worth of shaving for just $10. I mean, that's incredible. Absolutely. You get the razor, you get the gel, you get everything. I mean, that's a really good price. I don't shave every day because I like to look a little dangerous, if you know what I mean. You do look dangerous. Well, thank you. <laughs> that and the giant knife I'm holding. But um, I uh, I do want to say, I, I mean, I really like Harry's products because they've kind of turned shaving from a chore into like this fun little thing. And Harry's sort of has the competition on the run. I'm not sure if you've heard right. of this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names, but they're but really big names in the shaving industry are starting like small internet shave subscription services in order to try to undercut Harry's. So they're clearly doing something right. Yeah, everyone is trying to compete with Harry's right now. Harry's has mm-hmm. a really good model. They're doing something mm-hmm. right. And and our fans love it. Yeah. Guys, thank you for supporting the show. Again, go to harrys.com. The code is biggest problem. We'll link to it. It really helps the show. Thank you, Harry's, for sponsoring us. But, guys, let's get to a real problem. Biggest problem in the universe this week is virginity shaming. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a real on board problem. Al- I'm on board already as a, <laughs> as a 21-year-old virgin. I'm super yeah. on board with this. <laughs> lies. All right. Um, no, I'm, lies? Oh, God. I, well, you I cannot fi- pass as a virgin, buddy. Uh, well, I'm not 21, <laughs> so don't worry about it. But I definitely didn't have sex until after I left college, and it was definitely a source of shame for me. So I'm, well, I want to hear oh, this. Oh, well, this, this may be for you then. This yeah. is really interesting. Okay, so uh, I brought in the problem shame shaming a long time ago because I feel like shaming is a good thing sometimes. Yeah. I feel like some, it can help some, people. It can help people. Some good constructive things can come from shaming. Yeah, the anti-vax movement got squashed. Good. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. at least they drove them underground from shaming. Good. Yeah, thank and, God. And I'm sorry for all the libertarians whose feelings were hurt about that. <laughs> I got I got an email. You said you would never mention them again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, on week three of him this digging wasn't his a, own this grave. Was an argument. That was an apology, Sean. That was an apology. I feel bad that the libertarians got, you know, they got their little movements Listen to him just dripping with shittiness. <laughs> I know. I know. It won't uh, save you, Maddox. But I, love, I do want to hear about I, this Virginia stuff. I love me so much. I'm so good. All right. As like, as literally the person who, like, if you opened up the dictionary and looked up the word virgin, my picture would be there. I do want to hear what you have to say. Good. Uh, this is from, I got an email from a throwaway account. It's John Smith. So it's fake, fake email. But he says, hey, Maddox, sorry about the throwaway email. I'm a professional. I can't risk having too much of a personality. Virginity mm. stigma, virginity shaming, one of those. He said that this should be a problem on the show. So uh, thank you, John Smith, the anonymous, whoever you are. He says, there are a lot of reasons for being a virgin. Poor social skills, not being around a lot of girls, not being able to manage school and work and a social life, etc. The stigma is bad. It makes even it makes it even harder for those people who do make an effort to get laid. The stigma is so bad that even after you lose it, the fact that you got in the game late is a point of shame. Yeah, for me. 
Regardless of what's happened since, I'll always be a bit weird because I can't talk about girls I banged in high school or a university. It's bullshit. I can't either. Oh, my God. You yeah. Did I write to, this? You also have to understand that the average teenager is a filthy fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Not Sean. Not all of these kids are doing what they say they're doing. No, did, I know. Did I write that? Did I get drunk and write that email to you? Because that's my entire life story in an email. John Smith. Yeah. So I looked into it, actually. Yeah. There's this article on theatlantic.com. It says, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the average age Americans lose their virginities, what would you guess? You know what? Today? 17? Like yeah. 16? Eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Jared's dreams, buddy. Uh, it's actually 17. 17, you're right. It's right. 17 for both men and women. Yeah. The CDC also reports that virgins make up 12.3% of females and 14.3% of males aged 20 to 24. Mm -hmm. That number drops below 5% for both male and female virgins aged 25 to 29 and goes as low as 0.3% for virgins aged 40 to 44. But they're out there. Yeah. Aged 40 to 44 of virgins that are out there. So this uh, psychologists have started looking into this to see what kind of effect this has on people because it does have an effect. They found that the median age, I think, is about 22. Yeah, here it is. According to a study published in the American Journal of Public Health, survey respondents who lost their virginities late, a mean age of 22, more frequently reported sexual problems than those who lost it at a normative age, a mean age of 17.5 in the study. These sexual problems include having trouble reaching orgasm, mm -hmm. maintaining an erection, and becoming sexually aroused. Yeah. So the longer you wait past the age 22, the more likely it is for you to have sexual dysfunction. Oh, my God. Uh, well, that completely makes sense because you're just so anxious about it and so yeah. nervous and— like so, you're just throwing more pressure on these poor bastards. That's, yeah. Well, that's that's the pro that's why this is a good problem because it's like, oh my god, the longer you're a virgin, the more that the the more and more stress it causes. No, because people people build sex up into this incredible thing in their minds that is is the be all end all of their existence. Yes, exactly. Right. I I abstained from sex for a long time because uh, I thought, well, I grew up in a very conservative town i grew up with conservative parents in the most conservative state in the united states mm -hmm. utah is a very red state it's very religious uh very pious very sanctimonious mm -hmm. yeah you and i were actually raised very similarly where did where'd you grow up sean you grew like, up in california no, i grew up in here but i i grew up in the same type of uh like church environment that you did i grew uh, up in a very rural town in new york huh? Um, but one thing I didn't do was uh, go to Makeout Point and fuck with people's vans. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's where we may differ. Yeah, I did that. I did that, and I'm proud of it. I'm, I don't. <laughs> that was a fun prom night. Yeah. Okay, I was a dick. So <laughs> one of my first girlfriends I ever dated was a nymphomaniac, and okay. this isn't this isn't my label that I'm giving her. That's her. It's her own label. And also, it's like one of those things where you hear a girl say, "Oh, I'm a nympho," and you're just like, "Okay, <laughs> shut up. What? What does that even mean?" Oh, she was man. Like okay. if I ever went over to her house, I would. If I wasn't paying attention for more than like a minute, thirty seconds, I look around, I don't see her. Her face is in my junk. She had a subscription to both Penthouse and Playboy. Okay. Uh, it was pretty awesome, like yeah. you know, to an extent. But, but um, because I was in this conservative environment, I didn't quite know what to do with that, mm -hmm. and it was kind of a source of uh, uh, of stress in the relationship. And uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was always told to wait 
for the right woman, and yeah. that's what you should do. Yeah. And those are, you know, that's those are the values, the conservative values that they give you. You should wait to the right woman. One man, one woman. That's it. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I finally did lose my virginity, I I <laughs> I was done with it, and I thought, huh, okay. Well, time to play video. Like, that's it? I didn't care. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't this magical moment for me. It was just kind of like I was masturbating with someone's vagina. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I was, you have no idea how on board I was with you until you said, I just used this chick's vagina to jerk myself off. And then I decided to play Katamari. Let's see how, let's see how, how big I can make this Katamari. God damn it. That's the maddoxiest thing. If only Dick was here with a bag of sand. Holy shit. Look. Uh, look, uh, look, I'll be honest. When I lost my virginity, you know, I think it was 21. I was out of college. I like, uh, yeah, it wasn't this incredible thing. I was just like, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm not a virgin anymore. It doesn't change you as a person. Yeah, that's, that's well, I mean, unfortunately. You know, my our, brother, my yeah? brother said one time, he said, it just makes you a little more confident in the locker room. Oh, God. Yeah. It doesn't change you as a yeah, person. It just right. makes you a little more confident in the well, locker room. Well, because it right. means you can, like, talk with a straight face about having had sex. Right. But, yeah, but, I mean, it like, the, the chasm between having had sex and being able to have sex is huge. So it's like, you know, the the first time you have sex, the fifth time, it's like all these all these early experiences, they're just they're not going to be fun, you know? It's is sort of the way it is. Yeah, your first time's not yeah. going to be great. That's why when I was talking to Dick, Dick what Dick's a vehement uh, defender of having sex in high school, which he's like, oh, it's the best. I think it's the uh, worst. If I could have had sex in high school, I would have. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh my God. Jesus Christ. To be attractive and confident enough to have had sex in high school? No, but that would it, be the it's, best. It's sloppy, dude. It's sloppy. It's not yeah, good. Yeah, you, know you, you know how you find out if it's sloppy or if it's good <laughs> or not? If you have had sex in high school. And as a guy who, again, did not have sex until after college. I look. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of that shit. Yeah, you know, you, you know what? The only the only advantage to having sex in high school is mm-hmm. the bodies, especially of females. Look, I'm a guy. I've never had sex with a guy, so I have no no, and I don't yeah. care, and I don't. I'm not curious. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, for as a guy having sex with a, a woman in high school, like uh, you know, like it, 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 like an 18 year old, you know, near the near the end of the spectrum when they're actually women. Yeah. Uh, their bodies are very firm. Like there is every everything's like ah, everything. Just find a thirty-five year old woman who's into CrossFit. It's yeah, the same shit. Go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, so so anyway, man. Uh, the whole the whole stigma about it. They they talked about this. They talked to this guy mm-hmm. who had a problem with uh, you know losing his virginity. Yeah. Uh, in this article, it says he abstained from sex because he had low self esteem. Yeah. This guy, which he says heightened after learning about his sinful nature at church. Oh. He didn't want to be ostracized from his Christian family and friends. <sighs> he and he didn't want to prematurely ejaculate while messing around, which had happened to him once in college, so he didn't have sex until he was 28. What eventually made him feel ready was practicing orgasmic meditation, which entails stroking a woman's clitoris for 15 minutes. The class which he joined after hearing it about, excuse me, hearing about it from a friend, eased this guy, his name is McDormand, into being sexual in a permissible environment where he felt safe. Soon after, he lost his virginity to a girl in this community and later met his current girlfriend. So this is uh this is one of those oh things where God. yeah if you abstain for too long and you get too insecure about your sexual uh your sexual function your sexual ability or whatever it is 
that it, it, it can manifest itself in all sorts of ways where you start to feel insecure about yourself. And it's such a taboo in our society to I even know. talk about sex yeah. that that people are, are even afraid to look for help or even know where to go to get it. If I was not this drunk, I would absolutely not be talking about all this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm absolutely not kidding. Let's like, it. it's just, it's just, you know, it's the, it's the worst thing you can be in our society is a male virgin. Like, it's the worst. It means you're a dork. I mean, you know, the 40-year-old virgin, the reason that movie was such a huge hit and such a huge success was that we could all kind of identify with being like a loser. And, you know, the plot of that movie is in the title, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. The fact that that's different and weird enough to be a movie yeah. kind of speaks to the stigma you're talking about. Well, I mean, 40-year-olds, ridiculous, man. Go out there and get laid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God damn it. You know, I, you know... You know, I'm always I'm always surprised to learn when when uh, some of my male friends have have used you know used a prostitute. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm always surprised to learn that. But I think if the alternative is sexual dysfunction later on in your in your life, look, figure do what you got to do to figure your shit out. Yeah. Because if you're not getting laid, there's probably something not clicking with you and women. You're not putting your best self out there. Yeah. You're not communicating your confidence to women, which is attractive to them. Like you're a lot of guys. The thing is. You're good at this, Mannix. And Dick is good at this. Like, you're both good at this. You're both, like, <laughs> well, very, like, I've seen the girls you guys have dated. You're both so, so good at this. I'm the other side of the coin. I'm like this, serious. like, I'm like this, <laughs> this, like, fat, nervous guy. Oh, no, man. Oh, my God. No. Like, if I, if I had, like, an ounce of the confidence you two guys have, Oh my lord! I uh, would run the table. I mean, look, man. I just get I, I, I so relate to this problem because okay, I I'm, just get nervous. I get scared. I'm I, glad, I act yeah. weird. I am glad that we are talking about this right now yeah. because I used to be this guy. I used to be this guy who was not confident, who was insecure. Uh, there's a lot of things that that other guys have that I don't. They have more hair. They have more money. They have more status. They have more power. They have more charm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, not the charm part. I'm, I'm the most well, charming no, person I know. Yeah, of course. Clearly. Of course. Um, but uh, but here's the thing. That's None of that shit matters because what the, the you need to realize that what women are attracted to is that sense of confidence and the, uh, the charisma and the energy that you put out, uh, including your body language. I would recommend to any guy listening right now, and actually women too, because this is uh, this is really important for women to put off the right body language as well as guys. Go out and get this book. I think it's called The Definitive Guide to Body Language. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most interesting books I've ever picked up. Look, it's not an exact science, and it's it's one of those things where you hear an expert show uh, come on, like the Dr. Phil show, and he's they're talking about body language, blah, blah, blah. It's not an exact science, but... It's pretty damn accurate most of the time. Mm -hmm. You can read people's body language. I picked up this book uh, and just flipped through a few pages thinking, ah, I'll just read a couple pages and throw it down. I almost read the entire book in one sitting, which I rarely ever do. It was such a fascinating book, and it changed things about me that even the way I'm talking, you guys can't see right now the way I'm talking right now, but look at, look at my hands. Look at my hands, Asterios. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gesturing He's towards Asterios. He's making two middle fingers, and it's weird. <laughs> I don't like it, but I am attracted to you. Right? This book sounds great. <laughs> Drink up, buddy. Have a, have a double on me. Let's do it. Yeah, so no, that, that, that's I would I actually will probably buy that on Kindle after this episode because that sounds awesome. Actually. It's a it's a great book. I'll link to it on the website. Uh, but that uh, that book 
that book helped change my life. Yeah, also, God, I'm, I sla- I'm like Mr. Slouch. I'm like a fucking walking yeah. slouch. Like whenever my mom sees me, yeah. she's always like, can you please stand up straight? And it's just like, oh, it's such a, it's such bad body language. It sends off this like, this, this like defeated signal. Right, yeah, right. I, I know exactly what Nobody you mean. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants yeah. to be around that. It's just, it's depressing. Also, if you're the type of person who's always complaining about shit and you're always ha- in a bad mood and you're having a bad time, guess what, shithead? Nobody wants to be around you. Oh, Nobody wants to, like yeah. what I, even I, as uh, as negative and cantankerous as I am in my writing and my online videos and everything, uh, in real life, uh, when I'm around my friends, I tone it down and I also try to, try to be aware of the amount I'm bitching about shit. <laughs> because if I do it too much, I realize I try to put myself in their shoes and think, would they want to be hearing me bitch about this shit? I, I have to say, like, the episode of this podcast where you talked about, I forget the exact problem, negative thinking. Self-defeating thoughts. Self-defeating thoughts, where you said, like, whenever anyone asks me how I'm doing, I just say, I'm doing great. I actually started doing that. Because for a very long time, when people asked me how I was doing, I'd be like, I'm doing terribly. And I would just, you know, be, yeah, I would just start bitching right away, complaining this and this and that. You know, my best friend's in the room, Joan. And like, you know, when we would talk on the phone, I would just start complaining about it. But then I heard that episode that you had, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start saying I'm doing okay. And after I did, I, my life started getting a little better. Like, I thought that was such, such good advice. Um yeah, that that episode, the self defeating thoughts episode, was just really helpful for me. Oh, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. You know, I got so much email and voicemails and uh, messages about that episode, episode sixty seven. If anyone's interested, go back and listen to episode sixty seven. We talked about self defeating thoughts. Yeah, and 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 again, as someone who doesn't have like doesn't have like a stake in it or a dog in this fight, like you should. Listen to that episode. It was really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, yeah that that episode, I did, I got so many emails from people saying it really helped them uh, a lot. It was basically how I battled with my own depression in my 20s and how yeah. I was able to solve solve that problem for a long time. I, I hadn't been depressed, I think, for 12 years after after I solved that problem. Uh, so... Yeah, that's a that's a really important one if you uh, if you guys have, care about that. But it really makes a huge difference. Your outlook makes a huge difference. Your body language makes a huge difference. The way you sit. Nobody wants to be around a tombstone. You walk <laughs> into a fucking bar, you look like you slumped over. Okay, whatever, bozo. I'm gonna go talk to that confident, <laughs> handsome looking Maddox in the corner. Strap it with a strapping long dong. That's who I want to be friends with. I'm gonna munch Maddox. that wiener. Jesus Christ. Chomp on the side. <laughs> The side of my wiener. So our problems this week are <laughs> are cowardly perverts and, <laughs> and virginity stigma. Oh my! This episode might hold the record for least amount of time talked about problems brought in by a host and guest host. This oh, is incredible. Oh, we spent like five minutes talking about these problems. All right, just one more thing from that Atlantic article. It says here that uh, – so there are a number of reasons why people have virginity still. It's not just religion. It's not just uh, low self-confidence. Sometimes it's emotional abuse, mm-hmm. which can also lead to sexual abstinence. This was the case for designer Stacy B. of Boston, whose father regularly told her she was worthless and ugly. Yeah. This made her distrust men. She's 39 now and lost her virginity at 37 after going to therapy for seven years. Stacy says her mother taught her that sex is special, a common reason that people wait, 
and she kind of believed it. Later, she realized that the emotional trauma she faced growing up caused her to keep her distance from men, rather than the belief that sex was special. She tells me over the phone that she never got a lot of attention from boys, not because she's unattractive, but because she put up walls. She wishes she had dealt with this a long time ago before becoming too old to have kids. It's kind of sad when you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're one of these people who you know your parents are abusive and toxic and they tell you things that aren't true about yourself or they're putting you down, get out of Dodge, man. Get out of Dodge. It's hard to get out of these controlling cycles. The I problem mean, is yeah. some of them are more insidious and you don't really yeah. realize that they're fucking you up in the manner that they are. Because yeah. they're your parents. Why would the, you think to yourself like, they're your parents. You think they have my best interests at heart. You think they're looking out for me. You think they care about me. I mean, yeah, these patterns of emotional abuse are terrible. And I feel I feel terrible for that poor woman. And that, then you grow up and Especially realize- because she was attractive. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst. That's the worst that's thing. That's tragic. Yeah. yeah. What, what you saying, if John? an ugly girl weren't Oh, I'm sorry. Please no, continue. I was going to say that, you know, when you grow up, you realize that your parents are completely flawed people, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why they Except don't for know my parents. what the fuck they're doing That's any more than you yeah. do. Exactly. Everyone else's it's parents Sean. but mine. Correct. Exactly. Correct, Sean. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Both of your parents, but so, not my so, parents. My parents are great. But way back in episode one, this is the point I was trying to make that I, I feel like Dick wasn't even making an attempt to understand is that... Not everyone is, has won the jackpot. Not everyone has the lot, the parents' lottery that you do. Like, your parents are cool. Your, fa- your, your familial fabric is awesome. You have that safety net there because your family's awesome and they love you and they support you. I will say, generally speaking, like, my parents were awesome. And my parents were so, so nice. They were so, so sweet. I've dated so many people who've been abused. I, I knew so many people who have been abused by their parents. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's terrible. It ruins your whole goddamn life, you know? Uh, so, like, my friends who have good families, yeah. right, they don't, I, I feel like they can't really quite grasp the gravity of the situation because your dad, right, is somebody who led a path in life, and at some point during his life, think uh, he decided to have a kid, or maybe he didn't decide, it just happened. He may have been a fuck-up. Which a lot of bad families, that's how it happens because you're, they weren't planning on it and it becomes this big source of stress and frustration and they don't want to raise the kid and they have to, they get thrown into this thing with this person that they weren't ready to settle down with. And that's sometimes the cause of a lot of source of frustration and anxiety and stress in families. Um, so think, I want you guys to think, everyone listening right now, think of, think of one of your friends who's a fuck up. Yeah. Think of, think of a friend who's a fuck up right now and imagine him or her being a parent. Yeah. Okay? Because that's exactly what happens to a lot of people who have shitty parents. Their friend, their that that fuck up friend of yours is one of those parents. That guy that you can't that guy or girl you can't even imagine being a parent right now, sometimes they do become parents and those are the shitty families that that are raised and you don't have that fabric and they, then it becomes sometimes a toxic environment where they're abusive towards you, they're mentally yeah. or physically abusive yeah. towards you. You uh you continue down this toxic environment, you have low self-esteem, you aren't able to think clearly, you're not able to function properly, you're dysfunctional, you're not achieving your goals and you're beating yourself up over it. But really if you take a step back and think and evaluate your life and take inventory of it, write it down, you realize maybe it's these people who I've blindly put my trust in yeah. that don't have my best interests in heart. Well, I mean, I guess that's a I guess that's a really good takeaway from this episode. You know, if if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like there's maybe something wrong, 
you know, take inventory, take stock, give yourself a little self audit and, you know, see if these people who say they have your best interest at heart do. I mean, I think that's a really good point. Well, and that's a good point too, because, uh, you know, that doesn't absolve you of responsibility for doing something about it. If you're able yeah. to recognize it, I, I, like you well, can't blame your parents the whole rest of your life. Sean, like that's, I, I, that, that's, that's a touchy one because, uh, sometimes people do can get abused to the point where they aren't even able to recognize. Oh, no, totally agreed. If you do though, if you're actually yeah. able to take stock, you just get that little glimmer. That door is open just a little bit. Okay, then I'd like to give another bit of advice here sure. for anyone who may be who may be dealing with this. Because mm. I said earlier, I see your point though. Yeah, I said mm. I said that uh, you should take inventory of your life. Here's what I mean by that. And this is this is actually I, there's study after study coming out about this now, where they're they're telling people to journal and write down everything they're thinking. And this is how you do it. This It's very therapeutic. It is immeasurably therapeutic. And they found that kids do that. Kids who do this uh, think back about traumatic experiences they've had in completely different ways that are healthy rather than continually traumatic for them. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you have to have a moment of free writing where you sit down in front of your journal and you write everything completely uncensored. And when I say uncensored, I mean fucking uncensored. Mm -hmm. Write down your deepest, dirtiest, darkest thoughts, everything you're afraid anyone would ever know if they could peer into your head. Write that down. That's a written version of like classical psychoanalysis. Yeah, it's the old old laying on the couch stream of consciousness stuff. Oh, sure. That's not how most therapy works anymore. Oh, but it's I mean, it's still done. Well, they say that uh, the the mechanism which with which this works is that while you're writing, a lot of times you'll self edit. And that self editing process is what helps you deal with that trauma. You're able to deal with that trauma and create new mental pathways to think about those things. And once you've written it down, it frees your subconscious to think about something else. I've I've done it and it makes me feel immeasurably better after I do it because everything you're thinking about is just sitting there going through that feedback cycle inside your mind. Anything that upsets you, anything that that bothers you, you're going to be thinking about it in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. You just got dumped. You just lost your job. You just got rejected from a school you applied to. All of those things. You're, you're dealing with a lawsuit. If you sit down and write it down and really take the time to do that, and it's not a lot of time. It's like half an hour at most during yeah. your day. Yeah. Sit down, write it down, edit and then maybe a little more for you, Asterios. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my it, God! Yeah, exactly. I might need two journals. Holy shit! Yeah, an eight-hour block at least. Yeah, exactly. I th- I'm going to call in sick to work tomorrow. I'm going to buy myself a marble notebook and just start puking words Excuse into me, it. Excuse me. I'll take three reams of paper. Uh, <laughs> hello, uh, hello, Staples. I'll take all the paper you have. Oh God! So yeah. another. So one one last thing about that. When you're journaling, if you feel that. You might be afraid that anyone will ever find this thing and they'll know that your deepest and darkest and dirtiest secrets, which, by the way, guys, no one gives a shit. You're not that special. Yeah. We all have the same fucking yeah, shit we're dealing us, with. Some of us fart our stupid thoughts into a podcast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever you're, you're saying, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking, don't worry about yeah, it. Just, Everything I've done on this episode is a hundred times worse and it's than all, what you're going to write down. It's all regret, too. So yeah. so anyway, if you so write all this stuff down, and if you're afraid someone might read your, your precious thoughts, whatever, delete it after you're done or print it out. And this is an important step. Print it out and then take it, crumple it up, rip it up, yeah. throw it away because that that does something psychologically that that act of taking your thoughts and your memories and ripping it up and throwing it away in the garbage, it's a really powerful symbolic psychological 
I don't know what the exact uh, like phrase gesture, is, but yeah. yeah, it's a gesture. It's, it's a a, so that that act is immensely powerful. I don't know what the exact word for that mechanism is, but it does something psychologically that is effective, and uh, it it helps a lot of people. It may even help you. So those might be steps. If you're dealing with this kind of trauma, you have abusive parents or whatever, maybe this might help you. Give it a shot and go out and get laid. Yeah, holy shit. Because your parents, you're not a huge fan. Oh, wait. No, we can't say this on the air. I'm sorry. Why? Your parents? Because your parents listen to this. Ah, you know, I my parents know my beefs with them because I yeah. have not split my words with them. Yeah. I let them know because – and there was a point, I think, where uh, I enough is enough. And yeah. I, you know, you have your, you, 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 you have your limits. And when they go beyond that, you have to put your foot down. You have to draw those lines in the sand. You say, I'm not going to deal with this bullshit anymore. Mm. And if you're going to be this shitty, toxic person, I'm going to cut you out of my life. I've done it with my, uh, with my parents. I've done it with some of my friends. I will do it again. And I'm not hesitant to do that at all. Because when people are toxic in your life, you need to cut them out. Like, be, because they're either going to, they're going to bring you down with them. They're people who, who. Uh, you think that they have their your best interest in their heart, right? Like your parents, mm-hmm. but your parents are flawed individuals, just like anyone else. And guess what? Here's something really insidious that nobody likes to talk about. But sometimes your parents get jealous of you. Yeah, they get that's jealous true. of your success. They get jealous of your accomplishments and your life because they were never able to live the life that you're living now. Yeah, no, that's oh my god, that's that's 100 percent true. And it's 100% sad, but you, yeah, you it's have absolutely good, you have the good, case. You have good parents though, right? I'm, look, look, I'm one of the lucky ones. I was I was out to dinner with a bunch of friends earlier today, and I was like, yeah, I can't blame any of my problems on my parents. Like, I can't be like, I'm fat because my parents, or like, I'm sad because my parents, or I'm this, or I'm that because my parents, because it's like, my parents were incredibly supportive of me wanting to be a comedian from like age 12. Like they could not have been nicer. They sent me to a nice college. They helped me move to Los Angeles. They helped me with a car. You know, it's like, yeah, I wish I could blame my parents, but I can't. Any problems I have are mine. But I know a lot of people and they're not that lucky. And um, and so I, you know, I think the technique that you raise is actually really important. It's actually something that, that child psychologists use to help kids get over recurring nightmares you draw out your nightmare you write out your nightmare and then you crumple up the piece of paper or you rip it apart and you throw it away i mean that's a really powerful exercise i might have to do, i might have to do that after this podcast <laughs> i'm gonna print out this podcast rip it up yeah and throw exactly it away. <laughs> exactly mysterious oh is gonna look. draw an empty whiskey bottle <laughs> i wish oh my god i ran out of whiskey so long ago i'm so sad about it yeah oh well Well, guys, that's it for this week. My problem was the virginity stigma. And my problem was cowardly perverts. Be proud of it, pervs. Own it. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Dustin. I just want to say for the record that I completely 100% agree with Maddox. It is a complete waste of time for people to come up with fantasy scenarios like what you would do if zombies attacked. That's ridiculous. That's why Maddox and I spend our time with with more like reasonable things like how we would steal the crown jewels if we had a jetpack. That's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> yeah. way to spend our time, uh, you know, thinking about scenarios like that. Fuck your zombie bullshit. Sean, you can go eat a dick or whatever it is. No, uh, get, get raped. Yeah, that's the thing. You get raped uh, with uh, a pineapple. Damn it. Really <laughs> oh, my Lord. Sean's getting spicy. It's getting late. You know what, dickhead? The crown jewels exist. Yeah, the crown jewels there exist. There are real crown jewels. There are real jetpacks. Right. And there's a real way to steal them. Oh, man. I love having you on the show, Sirius. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, no shit. 
Good. Oh my God, Maddox, you were the biggest dumbass, like <laughs> in the universe, easily with your straw man bullshit arguments. And then, oh, next show, oh, jokes on me, guys. I was only pretending to be retarded. Wow. No, you're actually retarded. How did this Fuck guy you. know? Wow, did this guy that look into the sense. future? Did this guy look into the future? A red delicious apple. They have gotten better. So you win that one. Hey, you know what? I, you know what? I was about. To- I agree with everything he said, both you. insulting you and I. I had a, I bought a bag of organic red delicious apples and yeah. they were really good. Yo, there we. Hey, I there tweeted we go. a bunch of photos of them because the thing is, when I was a kid, oh, thank you, thank you, invisible people. When I was a kid, I uh, all I ate was red delicious apples. They were my father's favorite apple. Yeah, and as I got a little older, they became shittier and shittier. But I bought a bag the other day on your recommendation, and I really love them. They're right. real crisp. They're real good. I've had a lot of people, just like that that shitty caller who was ah, shitty but redeeming. You know, he has a <laughs> redeeming quality because he's on my side of the Apple debate. But here's the thing, man. Uh, every single person, there's there's the script that people say when they're talking about red delicious apples. And the script goes like this. Oh, they're mealy. They're no, mushy. No. They, they don't, don't know what the word mealy means. No, they don't. They don't. And they're like, oh, it's like a pear. I'm like, first of all, dickhead pears exist and people buy them so if they were like pears and you're trying to compare this apple's quality yeah. to a pears yeah. that's a shitty argument because people like are pears. very popular they're very yes. popular exactly they, people look for women in the shape of a pear and that's a good shape to have <laughs> it's a good shape so, but this red delicious argument is such a fucking bullshit hollow argument it's all these people who've who've just stuck to the script and they haven't yep. tried to work it's an echo apple. chamber yeah. it's a fucking apple echo chamber and it's oh. Stop. Oh, you're so happy. Oh, you got your one word, your one argument mealy, against mealy, mealy, yeah, mealy, 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 mealy. Yeah, when's the last one you the last time you had one? Dickhead 1992? Yeah, exactly. They've changed, you fuck. They're better now. Yeah, they're better the now. The red delicious is back. That's right. They're red and delicious. Go fuck yourself. Yeah.